We are Encountering Silence. Encountering Silence is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Please visit patreon.com slash encountering silence to learn more about how you can be part of the circle and share in our efforts to bring silence into our all too noisy world. This is the second part of a two part episode to hear part one, listen to last week's episode and then come back for this one. I've been playing around since you said it because it struck me um, in some of the stuff I do. I just recently finished uh, teaching this semester. I, I teach at a university and uh, this semester just ended and I just taught a class on on kind of uh, philosophy and stuff. And the whole focus there is on embodiment, on, on the body. And we read uh, a lot of different things. I've been changing the class around and this year we read a book uh, by David Abram called The Spell of the Sensuous. And what he mentions in that book, and I kind of noticed a long time ago, and I'm bringing this to what you said today, is that there is a space between the difference between writing something down and speaking it. Uh, and now you said there was a space where at one point music was just, you could only hear it before it was, we could record it. And it's this idea here of, I make potent air. Is it what you described your, you know, you described your, uh, uh, your business kind of motto or your elevator pitch is that I, what do you do for a living? I make potent air. And I was thinking about how we all do that, you know, as we speak is we're making potent air. And I'm just wondering uh, how this connects as I'm just hearing the last couple of questions about this idea of unknowing and waiting and kind of poetry versus song and this idea of words and music and language. I don't know if I have a question. I just kind of wanted to say that there's something really profoundly beautiful about the idea that human beings are nothing more than that space that waits in order to make potent air. <laughs> wow. I love that. Wow. And I wouldn't have said that without you. That's beautiful. <laughs> Potent air. I just really love that. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it, it is interesting that, you know, that our expressions in the world, that whether it's coming through an, um, uh, a visual art, through music, through poetry, through dance, through some art form in that sense, or the art form of our lives, that every time we speak, we are, we are creating uh, a certain. We are putting a certain spirit into the world every time, every encounter. You know, it's it's when I when I go out into the world, when I go out to perform. It's a. I wasn't a natural. I'm not a natural performer. When I started out in all this, I was so shy. I was just mm. that that young woman who could hardly talk to people. But oh, I could throw back my head and sing, you know. Mm. So I had to learn, and uh, a lot of that came out of how much I love people. I just kind of, I know it's kind of, you know, unpopular to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do. Um, and so, 
so part of it was how do I how do I work with that and how do how does that propel me to be able to perform these songs and go out into the world and communicate these songs um, and every time I go out on stage you know there's a moment before I go out where I, I really choose the spirit that I'm going to bring with me you know think about my feet where am I grounded where am I grounded to the earth you know I just take this moment of silence and I and then when I walk out I can choose to walk out in love or I can choose to walk out in fear that's my choices I can be afraid of oh will they like it will it connect um, will the sound system work yeah I mean I, there's I mean you can just go on and on and on or can I walk out in love loving people loving the song loving this moment that's going to just hang in the air just for a moment because that's all music is mm. just love it all and I can walk out that way and you know I started doing that with my music and it was a great practice you know for my own life every time I walk into a room you know every time I encounter someone or I have a conversation I can step into that space with that internal sense of silence and waiting with that internal sense of I'm stepping into this moment in love and blessing or I'm stepping into it with fear. Try it sometime. This is, this is good. Just walk into a coffee shop sometime and just before you walk in the door think, I'm going to walk into this space in love and I don't know if it really changes the room, but it changes something in me, you know. Mm. But I think it changes the room too, just a li mm. just a little bit, mm. you know. And maybe that's all it needs is just to change just a little bit. I mean, it li lines up exactly with what you were saying before about this idea that we're taught to be afraid and that our default is love, and then your idea of uh, can I be the can I be myself. And I wonder if the waiting is learning how to step out of that fear, step back into that default of love, because that's when we're truly ourself and we're actually speaking ourself for the first time. Uh, absolutely. Very well put. Thank you. You just kind of put that in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm just reviewing. I'm a teacher. I'm just reviewing the notes that you've given me. That's all. <laughs> and where this takes me, Carrie is to the second song on your most recent album about writing or telling a better story. Right. Because, yeah. you know, as Kevin was talking about, you know, the, the, the potent air, the powerful air, the, the, you know, the voice that every one of us has a voice. I think even a person who, who has a speech impediment, you know, has a voice. Absolutely. And, you know, so yeah, bringing that love into the, into the Starbucks Without saying anything, you're telling a different story. I'm really glad you mentioned that song. You know, it's one of my favorites on the album. Mm -hmm. And yes, you are right. You know, you're bringing in another story. You know, the whole song was this thought that, you know, at a certain point in our lives, we get to choose. We get to choose what stories we are telling ourselves. We get to choose what stories have lost all usefulness. Hmm. We, we get to decide that if a story does not ring true anymore, 
that we can lay it down, you know, and we get to write a better one, you know, personally and as a community. And I think that's an important concept right now when we're living in, you know, in really troubled times. We're living in the kind of times that are ask, that, that's asking me to be a better person than I ever thought I'd have to be. And, you know, I think that's part of empowering ourselves right now. We can choose to tell a different story personally and as a community. And one of love, one of fear, one that waits in the silence, one that, yeah, you know, we, we choose that. So uh, I can sing the song if you want, but I don't know. I was just going to say, could you sing that song? Okay. So, so this is writing a better story. I'd need them for this part I'm writing a new day. 
conversation will return after this brief moment of silence. Please take a breath with us and join us for this 30 seconds of silence. Thank you. I'm, that song was so striking to me when I heard it the first time. And hearing it with you in person, it makes it a really, it evokes a really emotional response. It makes me think of how much we all cling to those narratives simply because we're so used to them. Yeah. Even if they're not the truth of whether it's who we are or what we deserve. So it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you. You know, and I and I, I think that's an ongoing thing. You know, to be looking at the stories. There are, um, you know, there are the stories. You know, there are sacred stories, sacred text in our lives, and some of that is literature. You know, there's sacred texts that we come back to, that we re revisit. There are the sacred texts of our lives and experience, you know. There's the, the stories that we, we hold on to, that we turn to in times of trouble or when we die, you know. It's like there's, there's, you know, really powerful, important stories that we live with. But then there are these stories that we've been told that don't work, that aren't necessarily mm -hmm. true, or they've just lost all usefulness anymore and you know your song is so empowering to um to remember that we have that choice like you were saying earlier we can choose to rewrite to redirect to um to claim and name our own story yeah yeah and we all have one mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's really amazing i'm i'm I have several books of meditations that I read in the morning, you know, I have, I have you know, and then usually I'll, 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 my morning practice would be to, you know, read something, and I might write something, and then I do my silent meditation practice, uh, might go out in the woods, you know, it's, it's, but there's certain books of meditation that, that I've, I've come back to, and it's always interesting, I love when I come back to one and there's like these little notes in the margins, do you ever do that? Mm -hmm. Like the little penciled notes in the margins or the things you underlined it's like three years ago. It's like, wow, you know? And then how lovely and curious when you come back to one of those texts, the text that you always were drawn to, but there was something hidden about it, something mysterious about it, mm. but it stayed with you. But there was nothing for it at that point, but kind of let it just rest in your heart and in the back of your mind. And then you come back to the text and it's, ah, this is it. This is, I, this is exactly the text I need today. It didn't, and the understanding of it didn't come through trying. 
but it came through living. Mm. And now, now with this new part of my story, this text that has always called me or intrigued me, haunted me, you know, it was speaking to the future me. <laughs> like I talk about future Carrie and past Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, there's something comforting. It's like something inside me, that inner teacher we were talking about, mm-hmm. that can be trusted. Something was saying, pay attention here. Mm. Not yet. It's beautiful, but not yet. But, but pay attention. You know, there'll be something for you here. Mm. You know, sit with it. So I love when that happens. That happened the other day. So that's I'm thinking about it. It's like, oh. Mm. And it wasn't the thing I underlined. And it wasn't a little thing in the margin. Mm. It was something new. Mm. I love when that happens for, never mind marking, but when you go into a bookstore and you say, I need this book. And you mm-hmm. buy the book There's as you're flipping through it and you're like, there's something about this book. And you might look at it or something, but you don't really read it too hard and it sits on your shelf. And then that one day you pull it down and you, it's like, this is exactly what I need now. And I bought it five years ago. I w- couldn't have used this five years ago. And I bought it and it sat on my shelf and now I'm breaking it open and it's telling me something. It's like magic. And isn't that lovely that, you know, that your heart was leaning into it? You know, like I said, we, you know, we have a heart's imperative. You know, I, I think... I think the nudgings of the spirit. You know, though there are people who really get the nudgings, the gentle nudgings of the spirit. But you know, often in my life, I, I get what my my friend Suzanne calls the cosmic two by four. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you are not paying attention here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, there's the but there are the gentle nudgings of the spirit. This is the book. Take this one. Yeah. You know, not yet, but there's a there was something inside you saying. It's coming, you know. I'm nudging. It's coming. And then when the time is right, it'll be there. There's something really comforting to me about that. I don't have to know it all, but I do need to try to pay attention, you know, to what's nudging, Hmm. what threads are calling. This is a simple question, and it's just because we're talking about books and we're talking about things and, and poems and stuff that might strike you. Do you have a silence hero? And, and what we mean by that in the podcast is we ask people, this is a common question we ask, but what we mean by that is there's somebody in your life, it could be just a, it could be your mother, or it could be someone no one knows uh, that only you know, but, or it could be a famous person, it could be a musician, it could be a poet, it could be a religious person, a saint, it doesn't matter who, but somebody who embodies this kind of silence that we've been talking about this whole time, is there somebody that embodies that for you? Or it, it could be a, a place, it could be a tree, it could, you know, but is, do you have a silence hero? I would say uh, um, I, I've been doing quite a bit of collaboration over the last few years with uh, a Quaker author, Parker Palmer. Parker is um, one of my most... And he's just one of my favorite people on the planet to begin with. And he's a dear, I count him as one of my dearest friends. But we're also working colleagues and we have quite a few creative collaborations that that we have have come together with. But I've learned so much and my conversations with Parker about this idea of silence, the balance of, of the inner work 
and the outer connection. You know, he's he's spent a, a long time in his life thinking about this, writing about this, and living it. Um, he has something he calls the Mobius strip, where he takes you know the piece of paper where you turn and he, and if you put your finger and you move it around the Mobius strip, you know the inner and the outer are all one. Mm-hmm. You know, you just follow it around; it'll go out, and then you follow it around, and it go and it goes in. He, um, yeah, when he does that in person, he calls it uh, Quaker PowerPoint, but uh, which, I, which I really find awesome. Um, but uh, but this idea of the inner and the outer, of having this this uh, continuous motion, and that going to the silence, the waiting, um, listening to the inner teacher, trusting the inner teacher, and then engagement with the outer world. Um, yeah, I would I would call Parker one of my real heroes and um, inspirations uh, inspiration in how he approaches this idea and his long history of teaching and writing and creating artwork with it. So Parker Palmer um, has never been a silence hero on the podcast, so that's a first. But um, he's definitely a hero of ours. He's, uh, we we've all loved his work and. Could you tell me a little bit more about your collaboration with him? And I know more recently you guys have been working on um, something called The Growing Edge. Yeah, we've done a couple spoken word and music programs. The most recent one, What We Need Is Here, Hope, Hard Times, and Human Possibility. And it's this combination of spoken word and poetry and music um, uh, based on this, this, this idea of what we need is here within us and between us. Um, then uh, we have a website now called The Growing Edge, and it, it kind of grew out of two different things. One, uh, a, a co-written off, uh, article for On Being called Look Well to the Growing Edge, about that we're always living on or coming up to some growing edge, either personally or vocationally or politically. And, you know, what is that all about How do, in terms of what is considering what our growing edges are and to look well to them. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a podcast now, the Growing Edge podcast, and we do retreats based on that topic. And also on the Growing Edge website, Parker's new book, On the Brink of Everything, um, Grace, Gravity, and Getting Old. Um, I wrote, (laughs) there's three of my songs that were companion pieces for the book. So to download the the three MP3s that were companion pieces, you know, just they're like free downloads. Yeah. Um, that's on the website as well. So yeah, so we've been doing a lot of different, uh, a lot a lot of different really fun and creative projects together. And uh, I, you know, my last album, The Beautiful Not Yet, a lot of about half the songs were written for that spoken word and music collaboration. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of overlap going on. Did you want any more music, like a, a final song or anything? How about the unknowing song? Oh, learning to sit without knowing? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. So, learning to sit with not knowing.
Gary, thank you so much. It, I think on the podcast, we really have this notion that, that silence often comes to us through sound. And I think your music has been a wonderful testimony to that. So we really appreciate your work and your presence and, and, and your, your story. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you. I so appreciate it. This has been this lo- lovely conversation. Good for my heart, too. Mm. I'm so glad that this podcast is in the world. And thank you so much for inviting me into your home. We are Encountering Silence. I'm Cassidy Hall. To learn more about me, please visit CassidyHall.com. I'm Kevin Johnson. To find out more about my work, visit my website, KevinMichaelJohnson.com. I'm Carl McCollman. My website is CarlMcCollman.com. Please visit the podcast website at EncounteringSilence.com. There you can learn more about each of our episodes and find links to purchase books and other resources we discuss on the podcast. By making a purchase through our website, the podcast receives a small affiliate commission from Amazon.com. Also, to learn more about how you can be a part of our circle of supporters, visit Patreon.com slash EncounteringSilence. This way you can share in our efforts to bring meaningful conversations about silence to our all-too-noisy world.